Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode three of O23 Radio. This is your host, Jordan Todd, and I'm here joined, as always, O23 founder, Brian Costello. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Right on, right on. Yeah, excited to get in. So we got a good one coming up for you guys today. And so when talking about the other 23 hours outside of the gym, that basically can include anything that goes on in life. And so with that, it provides like a million different possible starting points. And so before any of those specific ones really come into play, there's a couple of things that we just feel are relevant to start with. And so that's what we're going to dive into today. Uh, we're talking about lifestyle and, you know, 023 uh, as an art and really diving into uh, the art of living life where science comes into play and then how to use the foundational four to live an exceptional life for ourselves and for our clients. And so I think the starting off point is really just around the art form of living. So we really like to emphasize the style of our life. And so Brian, I know one of the resistances I think that a lot of people have to lifestyle work is that they don't want to be told they should turn into like just some robot and, and do all the boring work 24 seven, never have any fun or anything like that, which we know isn't the case, but you talk all the time about the, the art form of life. So I think that's a place to start off. Can you just talk a little more about that? Like in what ways is lifestyle a form of art? Yeah, that's a very good place to start. Like, like you said, I think a misconception a lot of people have is that if we're going to dedicate focus towards, um, towards the lifestyle side, whether it's just like nutrition or the lifestyle as a whole, like as, as we approach it, the general consensus is that this is going to be, um, you know, they're going to put them on this very like rigid structured temp, you know, follow these instructions type plan. Um, in a lot of ways, probably, um, I'll have to sacrifice a lot of the things that I love and enjoy. And, you know, but it's all for the, you know, to, to look better or whatever the goals may be. Um, and yeah, that's the common misconception. And to be honest, a lot of times that's true. That's the type of service that people do get. And they, you know, okay, day one, here's, you know, here you go, do this, don't do that, follow these instructions, I'll check in with you, type of thing. And, you know, what we're introducing, like you said, at 023 is this, is the art side of it, right? That it's not ever going to be this, you know, do this, don't do that, and, um, you know, report back later. It's going to be um, helping someone and, and, and guiding them on the discovery of how to balance their lifestyle. Right. And there's this, you know, we use that, we put that term style in, in all exclamations here. Cause it, like I said, it's, it's an art, there's a feel to it. There's a sense of I actually just did a post. Uh, I think it went up today about there's like, you know, a finesse, a touch, right. It kind of constantly balancing and walking the line between too much of things and not enough of things. And um, it's not something that can be learned on day one. It's, it's um, like I said, it's a feel, it's a touch, it's an art. So, is that, is that clear enough? Yeah, definitely. And just to even pull that apart, like lifestyle, what that means, it's, it's your style of living, the style of life that you put into play. And talking about art as well, art is subjective. There's a million, there's an infinite amount of ways to get art, quote unquote, right. And I think that's the same way with lifestyle. It's that everyone can do something slightly different and have that be the right answer for them. We're like the, the science idea is more so coming to like, this convergent, there's one right answer, let's get to this. And that's where this robotic idea comes into play. It's like, I have to give up all the things I love to fit in this box where that isn't life. That isn't what, what it's about. It's the art of finding out what works for you. And I think that's what this is all about, the discovery of what that is that works for you. Exactly. It's not like, hey, we have the secret formula, right? It's, it's more of a, a guidance that we talked about. And the analogy that we use Sometimes it's like, it's like teaching music, right? We're helping um, people just, like if you were to help be a you know, music teacher, you're helping someone just understand music better, how to hear music better, what all the different notes mean, how to produce the sound that they, they want to produce. And if you're um, teaching all, you know, say a handful of different people music, they're all kind of going to find the thing, the type of music that they enjoy playing, that they enjoy listening to, that they enjoy working on more. And we're helping bring that out of that who they really are and what they really want in their own style. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's funny how over time we just, or I've started to graduate or gravitate more towards the artistic side of things. Like growing up in school, high school, all the things like I loved 
physics, math, very black and white scientific things. And now getting older, getting more into these things, the artistic side just seems so much more intriguing. The things that have multiple ways that there's a dance, there's a flow to it is where the, um, the real magic is. That's where you can, you can find what actually works instead of putting into this bucket. And, you know, talking and teaching, we can get into a whole, uh, whole rabbit hole about how things are taught and valued and things like that. But that's a conversation for another time. Um, but yeah, that's another good point. Even on the, we were teaching in the level two yesterday with the, one of the nutrition lessons we're talking about, we're constantly balancing environmental, uh, excuse me, um, energetic needs, our energetic needs, our emotional needs, and our environmental triggers, you know, when it talks about nutrition. And the, the point was that those things are different every single day. And to, you know, feel your way through those is like a dance, like you said, it's going to be different decisions every day based on those different circumstances. Um, but as you become, um, let's just say better, for lack of a better term, as you become better, it becomes more graceful and, and more rhythmic and it flows. Mm -hmm. And that's why the whole like, oh, never make the same mistake twice idea is actually kind of challenging the lifestyle scenario because you're almost never put in the exact same scenario twice. Mm -hmm. And so it's just taking our experiences and letting those guide us as we're making decisions going forward. And so, so when we say this, we're talking about the art of living. We're not like decrediting, discrediting science. Uh, there's just a specific use and role in which science can play in the human experience. And so, Brian, I know a lot of people talk about being, you know, evidence-based and, you know, they use evidence-based principles and protocols and really promoting that they use protocols and systems that have been backed up by science. And so when we talk about this, are you saying that this refutes that and that we shouldn't be following science or, or where does that kind of come into the play here? No, yeah, no, that's a, that's an important clarification. So um, it's not that we're refuting science or that science doesn't play a role here, but when the science that we refer to is, is more of like the original science, the ancient science, which is observation study of nature and watching what's around us and um, how as humans, we all, breathe the same air, we, we are rooted to the same earth, we are wired to the same sky, we all experience relatively the same emotions, right? So we're all humans and, and um, we have these universal principles, these universal laws that apply to all of us. And anything that we teach in our course that would be considered like science is the, the um, exploration and um, study of these universal principles and laws. Um, but from there, it's, it's not, hey, we have the formula, we have the evidence base, we have, it's going to be how we apply those universal laws to our non-universal circumstances. That is what, like we mentioned here, is going to be different for every single person. And almost every answer to every question is, well, it depends. And then, you know, with, with further discussion, of course. Um, so the, um, so no, we're not discrediting science, we're not using it at all. It's just not, we're not trying to um, proclaim that we have some, um, secret formula, you know, evidence-based, can't, you know, bulletproof, whatever kind of approach. That makes sense. Totally. And I really like to just view science as a starting point. You know, you can use these things that other people have tested very objectively and use that as a place of like, oh, that's interesting. I'll try that. See how it feels for you. And, and then can go from there because scientific studies happen for the most part, for it to be considered true um, academic science, it's like it has to be in a bubble, in a vacuum. Yes. Life doesn't happen in a vacuum. And so it's, uh, you can take it into consideration and know that, like you say, it's this ancient scientific practices that have been existing long before we even knew how to study them in a you know, laboratory or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, it never exists in this binary, like black and white, you know, like lab rats in a, in a white box kind of scenario, right? It's a complete, whatever the complete polar opposite of that would be is actually what our life is like with all the different um, inputs and emotional experiences that we're having. Um, but when you said something there too that was important, and I'll just kind of wrap up the point with this, is that um, we talked to, we, you know, we talk about how we teach everything in simple language and simple lessons, right? So you can see it for yourself and feel it for yourself. So in fact, what, what I tell people when we talk about it is like, you actually don't, have to even like trust us on any of this stuff. You can, it's all stuff that you just go and feel for yourself and decide for yourself. Is this feel good? Is this making me better? Is this bringing me closer? Does this um, intuitively just feel right? 
Um, and you know, you're more than welcome to, to you know, disagree with us if it doesn't, but um, we're not saying that this is the answer. Let's go, go try and see what you want. 100%, yeah, you're the only one who will ever know if this works for you uh, yes. through experience. So, so with that, Brad, like for ourselves and you know, for us in the coaching space, for our clients, the goal here is to help us and, and them live elevated lives and, and move to the next level of our existence, you know, be happy, healthy, fulfilled in all ways. And so the goal of that is really to transform the style in which someone lives. And that's where we talk about like lifestyle transformation is life transformation. Because when you transform the way that you live, you will transform the outcomes of your life in every possible way. And so that word transformation is one that gets thrown around a lot. And we're very intentional about what we mean by that. And, you know, there's two main pieces that go into true transformation. And I just want to dive into those. Can you walk me through the word transformation and what it means? Yes. Yes. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's, this is how we transform our lives is through our lifestyle. And when we talk about lifestyle, think about lifestyle, everybody understands that there's, there's going to be changes in, in our behaviors, right? The things that we do and don't do every day. Um, that's how we, you know, everybody knows that part. I have to do things differently if I want to get different results. But the part that gets missed a lot and what really um, defines it as transformation is that those changes in behaviors are driven by changes in beliefs, right? And especially around our behaviors, our current behaviors, and how the uh, you know, health in general looks and feels. And as we change those beliefs, and use the changes in beliefs to drive our new behaviors and ingrain our new behaviors from this new perspective. That's when we start to actually become a different person because that's what transformation means. So yeah, I do things differently, the behaviors, but I do things differently because I see things differently. And that's, we talk about not real transformation, meaning you can't change back, right? You can't come back and be truly transform it. That's where it comes down to. I see things differently. I'm seeing the world through a different lens one that I can't really unsee. And then it's, that's what's uh, driving my daily habits, patterns, and routines that result in who I am. Mm -hmm. And we talked at, at the start about the whole like robotic living type thing. These changes in beliefs are what make it not robotic or what make it not feel like sacrifice and punishment to do these things because you are now a different person if the you of current would live the rest of your life doing these other behaviors, yes, that would feel restrictive, which is why as a coach, the true transformation comes in helping them see a new way of being. And when that happens, the belief shift, the perspective shift, the behaviors just become a byproduct. It's like, of course I do that thing because of what I do. And that's where this true transformation comes into play. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, um, you said the, the behaviors become a byproduct and start to happen almost naturally because of, of, the, of the lens we have on, like you said, where discipline and willpower and you know, remembering what's right and what's wrong and what I'm supposed to do start to be, not be a factor at all anymore. It just becomes, uh, all becomes one thing. Yeah. And this is something that we, we talk about, but it was, it's really actually been hitting me in even the last couple of weeks of back in the you know, old days when I was coaching CrossFit primarily and you know, run some nutrition challenges and helping people lose you know, 20 pounds in six weeks or whatever, it feels like such a big thing in that moment where it's like, wow, like this transformed their entire life. But then you think about it, and it's like three months later, they're back to exactly where they were. And thinking of like, just for myself of where that lands, it's like, what did I really do for that person? I gave them this short-term hit of conditional happiness that didn't lead them anywhere in the greater picture of their life. And it's like, whoa, that's not what we're after here. If we want to help people truly transform and live the best version of their life, it's something that they can't fall off of. This is something that they can keep doing. And it doesn't mean they you know, maintain that weight. They maintain that whatever for their life, but they know how to keep doing it for an extended period of time. It's not something you're on or off of. Right. And, and so, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, and they want to keep doing it. That that's no longer a factor, right? That's mm -hmm. just who they are now. Um, but I was just gonna quickly add there. That's yeah. really important for coaches to be able to understand what you just said there. That we have to look past. It's you know the uh, potential to help people get these quick fixes and lose a bunch of weight, and they're happy. We're happy. We post pictures on our page, and everyone's you know, wow, that's awesome. That's great. And we could probably sell more of whatever it is that we're selling to help people get that. But 
it's important that we look past that and ask that question, like you said, what am I really doing here? Because in a lot of cases, um, we can be you know, setting people up long-term for, for failure as they come back, as they start to battle the mental and emotional sides of slipping off and um, all, these, uh, all these different things there. So I'm just glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, which just leads into the conversation of, well, how do you do this then? It's uh, this lifestyle coaching idea is one that for most is a bit of an afterthought, uh, primarily in the fitness space. It's like we come in, we focus on the exercise, focus on the workout, stuff that goes on outside the gym. Maybe you touch on some nutrition, macro plan style of, of teaching that. But it's something that in order to do well, to do effectively, there's a, a legitimate approach to professionalizing this and delivering it in a way that's effective. And so, Brad, can you talk me through like really what that is, what that isn't for, for a coach in the lifestyle coaching realm? Yeah, that's uh, very important. And like you said, a lot of times the lifestyle pieces are an afterthought or a thing we do on the side or we do a few times a year for you know, a challenge or whatever. And it's when we, that, that viewpoint that we have, the value that we place on as coaches and gym owners our clientele is never going to exceed that value. Like at best, they're going to see it as that important as well or, or not as important. So um, one thing to, to say first is that if we're going to embrace lifestyle, the lifestyle portions of, uh, of our coaching service, right, or offer them in our coaching service, we have to start to um, embed it into the culture as something that's as important, if not more important than the physical side of fitness. And that's when you start to really legitimize the idea of lifestyle. And if you want to professionalize it as your service, right, we have to use a lot of the same things we do to, uh, for professional fitness, fitness service. So um, things like structure and sequence and systems and, you know, real solutions and a plan for, for people as opposed to just one-off uh, tips and tricks and hacks and, um, you know, little tidbits here and there, right? So, um, assessments, progressions, all that type of thing. And like when a, a new fitness client, it, it's everything can be, I guess, scaled would be the word or individualized and tailored to meet them where they're at, because you're going to have a whole range, just like you do in fitness of people who are just making their first steps towards any type of awareness to their ha everyday habits to people who are you know doing pretty well, but are looking for the next level. And that's going to be a different approach, of course, uh, for each of them. Mm -hmm. Even the, the most consistent gym goers, people who are fit inside the gym, who do that well, can be at, call it a very beginner level when it comes to these lifestyle practices. And the example I like to use is that a lot of the, the things that coaches may put out to clients would be the equivalent of someone walking into a gym on their first day and telling them to back squat 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. It's like, of course, they're going to get buried by that barbell and then think this isn't for them. You got to figure out where to start with that person so you can build up, progress, get to these different levels so that you can set everybody up for success. And that comes with having structure, sequence, knowing where to start people uh, in order to professionalize and actually get the results for, for people. Yeah, that's a really good point because, you know, and like in fitness and stuff, we like to start, you know, when we're doing well, we want to share um, what we're doing for sometimes that's, you know, what where we're at as coaches or where what we see on um, Instagram and stuff of these these things that people are doing is not the proper place to start applying for you know what makes sense to start that first so um, it's a good point there and what we also don't want is these you know one size fits all templates right just mm -hmm. follow those is what we're all doing um, so yeah so and, and then along that though so within that structure it's important to just reiterate what we talked about before how this is. Um, you know, a guided discovery, right? So we have these, these, these uh, structure and these general parameters and the sequence from where we start someone, how we progress them, all these things. But within that, we're helping them discover and really unlock is the word um, that I like to use, that unlock what's in them that really wants to come out the best version of themselves. So it's, it's less of a rigid prescription, like here, I'm gonna write you this program and you go follow it. Then, okay, we're going on this journey together. Let's get started. Let me show you the way. Mm -hmm. And this was something you brought up on the level two call we had yesterday also, just talking about balance and how balance takes time. And, and with your clients as coaches, we so often um, have their, we get wrapped up in their success 
for our validation as a coach. And so we want to just give them the answers. We don't want to see them struggle. We don't want to see them fail. But in this lifestyle coaching, it's your job to actually guide them as they fall and not, not, not save them, not try and protect them, not try and keep them on level ground, allow them to find that themselves. And that takes time. You know, you're going to use the example of like slacklining. If anyone's ever slacklined, you can sit there and read all the things you want to read about slacklining, but until you get up and stand on there and wobble and fall on your ass, it doesn't matter. And so you need to guide them, get them up, let them fall. And then from there, they can start to put their own conclusions together and figure out that on their own. Because our whole goal is to coach people not to need us anymore. And that's where the, the real angle of this lifestyle coaching is. Hell yeah. And, and no one has ever um, learned a, a high skill movement regarding balance, right? Like you said, slacklining, snowboarding, surfing. You know, we've never learned anything like that without falling and falling and falling uh, you know, hundreds of times. And every time you fall, there's a, a lot, you learn something. Oh, shoot, that time I learned too much. This part. That time I did that. That time I messed up this part. That time I forgot this, right? And that's what our everyday lifestyle practice is like. We get, every day we have to go out and try, and we're going to fail and fail and fail until we start to fail less and less and less. Mm-hmm. And then we start to, like you said, find that balance and that rhythm and that flow. But if we rob them of that opportunity to fail, we're robbing them of the growth. Yeah. And when you do that, when you approach it with this mentality, what arises is it's some rhythm. It's flow. It's a, a, a rhythmic way of being. And I know these are two words that you use a lot and, and really like to talk about. So talk me through like this rhythmic living and, and what that really looks and feels like. Yeah, I like to just, uh, distinguish this because like we, we've mentioned a few times, the robotic feeling that people assume they're going to need for this stuff where they, okay, what am I supposed to do today? I'm supposed to do this and I have to eat this much of an exact amount of this and this and that. That's, you know, that's not, if we see anybody ever excel in anything really in this world, whether it's you know, music like we talked about or any sort of athletics or anything, there's, there's grace, right? There's a feel, there's a finesse, there's rhythm. And that's what the lifestyle should feel like as well. As we're moving through our day, we're feeling our way through our day. And everything just becomes like this sort of, this, um, you know, ebb and flow of, yes, this is bringing me, no, no, not that. Yes, this, no, not that. And we start to just, you know, the decision making becomes easier. We just can, can um, uh, the clarity becomes easier and it just feels effortless. It starts to feel, you know, like you said, like the flow. So um, as we, you know, we, and we say this all the time, everyone knows this, like, oh, I just fell out of rhythm, right? I just fell out of rhythm. I was in a good place, but I fell out of rhythm. But we also fall into rhythm, right? It's just like this, this passive feeling. It's not the, we're not forcing ourselves. We fall into rhythm as well. Um, so, yeah, I like to remind people that we can't, we're, you know, we're going to be robotic and we can't force ourselves to this place. We have to, um, you know, you can't punish or push or force it to happen. It has to happen gracefully. Mm-hmm. And rhythm just feels really dang good. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to be in. And it doesn't mean that everything's perfect. It doesn't mean that you're on at a hundred percent this whole time, but that's the nature of it. That's what 100% is, is it's being able to ebb and flow without letting that be off track, whatever off track would mean to you. And, and that's the place that we're all chasing. So, so yeah, Brian, with all of this, like this is a, a great overview of a lot of perspective and philosophy around this art of living and, and how we do and approach a lot of these things. But to get down a little bit to the, the what, some of the tangible stuff here, that's where the foundational four really comes in. It's uh, they're the actionable steps that we can influence, that we can control throughout our day to access this rhythmic living, to access this, this art in, uh, in the way we go about our, our lives. So the foundational four being food, sleep, movement, and mindset are the areas that, like I said, we have control over to influence the outcomes in our lives. So we touched on this a little bit actually on the podcast last week, but Brian, can you just talk me through like what these really are and why these are the things that we focus on? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, so foundational four, food, sleep, movement, mindset. The, these, again, these are our lifestyle practices. And, and I'll explain the practice part a little bit more here in a second. You know, sort of hinted at it, but they're practices. And these are things that we actually, we already have each of these four practices. Everybody does. Um, whether there's no conscious, uh, you're not conscious of it at all, or you're hyper aware of it, they exist every day. We already eat, we already sleep, we already move, we already think, right? So they happen every day since you've been born, they'll happen every day until you die, whether you're 
working, whether you're on vacation, whether you're, you know, doesn't stop. So that way there's always something to be working on and focusing on and improving no matter what life and circumstances come your way. Or we have, you know, frameworks and philosophies that in each of these areas that no matter what life throws at you, you know, you're going to do these things anyway. So you want to do them in alignment, right? So, um, and then everything we do really in our lifestyle that either moves us forward or holds us back can be filed into one of these four categories. So that way we can um, actually treat it, you know, like you mentioned before, it's outside O23, you know, outside the gym, it's, it's life, there's so much, so much, where do we start, where do we do first, where, but when we can, we can file everything into these four categories, it makes it easier to, um, you know, hone in on specific areas and take actionable steps. Um, so, and, and like I mentioned on last week, it's, each of these are, are expansive. So like sleep, for example, doesn't just mean at night with your eyes closed. It means our sleep-wake cycles in general, our, our energy levels really throughout the day, uh, dips and crashes, our, our, our morning rituals, our nighttime rituals, all that kind of stuff, the circadian rhythm. So, um, and then each, they all overlap. This is why we don't isolate nutrition or any of these. We, they all overlap. They each affect each other. They're each affected by each other. And and then I think most importantly, the reason we call the foundational four is because these, this is the foundation of our life, of how we're going to feel, what we're going to look like, who we're going to be every day um, are based on these four practices, what were the decisions that we're making. So when we look past these things and go do like the extra stuff, but these things are in order, we're making a, a huge mistake. And, and we say all the time, it's like stepping over dollars to pick up pennies, right? It's if we don't have these sorted and, and feeling strong and structured and a nice foundation, there's no point looking past them. Make sense? Yeah. And biohacking or whatever you want to call it this day and age, like it's a pretty hot thing that everyone loves these flashy things. This is 90% of it. Like if not more within these foundational practices, you get these dialed in you're going to be feeling better than 99% of the population of the world. And the big thing I just want to reemphasize that you mentioned there is you can't look at them individually and expect to live a healthy, happy, fulfilling life because they are all connected. When you change and alter one of them, it's going to change and alter the other. And so, and we're all three of the others. And so we need to look at them from this holistic view of how do they all come into play? when you know, feeling good, living a, a healthy, happy life is the goal, all of these are of equal importance in achieving that goal. And so, so before we dive deeper into each of these and talk about the application, and like you mentioned, the practice mentality, there's a few things that I think the, uh, make the most sense to kind of discuss beforehand. Firstly, being like the three laws of 023 living. And so these really paint a picture of our set of beliefs and just really how we see the world and the perspective of it. So talk me through the, the three laws of 023 living. Yeah, I like, I like to have this conversation first because it's like before we started saying, okay, you know, what do we do first? Where do we start? How do we approach this whole thing? It's, you know, now we're getting to the brass tax side of the conversation. You want to first understand the three uh, truths, the laws that we hold in our mind. We, we hold these in our mind as, as absolutes. Uh, meaning that everything we're going to, every decision we're going to make and everything we're going to teach is going to be based around these three truths, these three laws. And the first law is that thriving is normal, that the human experience is meant to be amazing, that physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, we should be existing in these sort of elevated states, right? Um, and that this is normal, meaning when we don't experience this in our life as humans on this planet, when we're not experiencing it, this, it means that something needs to be addressed, okay? It doesn't mean you're, you're broken or something's wrong or whatever, but just if we're feeling sub-thriving, sub-optimal, it's just our body telling us, hey, um, can, you gotta make some changes here. You have to do some things different. And decide, you know, that's how we start to interpret what it means and what mm -hmm. change or whatnot, but- Right, I just, wanna, I just wanna jump in for one sec also there, where you mentioned the, uh, you, you said just to, to we like our language here, that like something needs to be addressed. It's more so, I know what you meant, but just to clarify, it's something could be addressed here in, in the sense that if you enjoy, if you're okay with living life at 40%, that's okay. That's, that's fine. That's your choice. You know, it's a free, free world. You can do what you want to do, but it's just knowing that it doesn't have to be like that. Mm -hmm. There is an option to live life 
at a higher level than that, mm-hmm. where most people, so many people in this day and age just accept like, oh, this is just how it's, this is life. This is how it's supposed to be. Where, oh. exactly. And uh, where thriving is the normal state, which yeah. uh, I think moves into the, uh, the next one. You just say like, oh, you know, I'm getting old, all these things um, into the, the next law where, you know, that's a thing that we actually bring into. Yeah, right. So thriving is normal. And anybody at any age, any age specifically, can learn to thrive using simple everyday language and lessons. So like we talked about before, no matter where you are in life, you know, what stage you're at in, in your age, you can start to thrive. You can get yourself to a place of thriving, to experiencing this life at its fullest, using, like we said before, very simple everyday language and everyday lessons, things you can see for yourself, things you can feel for yourself, things you can um, reteach to other people, including younger people or, or you know, people who aren't educated in, in health, health and health and science, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's enormously important because this is empowering. We're empowering anybody. We believe that anybody can start to thrive whenever they feel, whenever they decide that they're ready. And then the third one is that anybody at any age can thrive using nothing more than the, the, the body and the mind they were born with. So you can start right now at any age and you can do it with what you have. And that's huge because it means there's nothing external that is going to be the answer that you need. It's all within there. You have everything you need already. And we're going to help unlock that and, and bring it out of you. Um, not that there's not things to help, right? But um, in order to truly get there, there's nothing. We're not going to try to sell you any secret shots or pills or supplements or shakes or anything like that. It's already in the body and mind that, that you came with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are equipped with everything we need to live a, a you know, thriving life. And the, the, the reason why we start with this or why we brought this up at this point is because nothing else matters if you don't believe these to be true. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why we emphasize these and why we uh, talk about them as the laws of living. Because if you believe that you're you know, 48 years old and because of that, you're destined to feel like X, to feel suboptimal. If you believe that, it doesn't matter what we talk about, it doesn't matter what we deliver, you will never be able to live more than your current state. And so these mindset shifts and these beliefs to instill and really feel in your body are the first step before anything else even matters. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And this also just brings clarity to people before we start to get into our education. And so they understand that everything we're, we're talking about is based in these beliefs, right? So um, it's really important. I'm glad you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you can hold on to the, that belief that if you're, you know, because you're quote unquote old, you're going to feel crappy, but like, you know, the, the prize of holding on to that and winning that argument is you stay feeling crappy. So, you know, you might as well, uh, entertain some other ideas. So, so with that, getting into the, the, the four bodies that we talk about within all of this, we talk about physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, Physical being the one that within the fitness space, most people spend the majority, if not all of their time talking and addressing. And, you know, they can, you know, be fairly good at addressing this in a, in a gym and a fitness facility, but there's a lot more to it. And Brian, you broke this down in a way that really like blew my mind. And I think as continues to do so for everybody, talk me through what these words mean and how it relates to a, a coach helping someone with those. Yeah. 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 Um, so like you said, the physical, most people listening to the show that work in this realm, they feel good with, right? That's, uh, that's our thing. That's what we got into and this is our, our domain. And then when we start talking about how we're going to connect that to the mental and emotional and even spiritual side of the conversation, many times coaches get uh, unsure of themselves, right? A little uncertain as it feels, I'm not sure. Am I qualified? Am I good enough? Am I, you know, allowed to do this? Is this really for me? And I like to, like you said, just break it down with some language to, to help assure that it is. Because uh, I think one of the first things I like to, to remind people is that as fitness coaches, um, we're able to help people, let's say, with our cardiovascular health, right? People in our gym, we're helping them like, with their cardiovascular health. But we're not, you know, cardiologists, right? And we're helping them with their, their joint health and their, their you know, muscles, bones. Uh, tendons, all that stuff getting strong, but we're not orth- orthopedics, right? And it just, all that illustrates is that you can, you don't have to be the you know, top level certified person in this domain to help people in this domain. 
right? There are still mental, emotional, and spiritual components of everything that we do in fitness and in, in lifestyle, right? So, um, and we are very, very able to help them with these mental, emotional, and even spiritual components without having to say, without having to try to be the person that solves clinical disorders in these realms, right? We're not saying we solve mental, emotional disorders. We're not trying to take the place of people who do those things. Um, mm -hmm. so the, the words, you know, for, for the physical is the doing, the physical doing, the mental is like, you know, we connect that to the thinking, emotional to the feeling and spiritual to the, to the being. So we're just, you know, doing, thinking, feeling, and just overall being better people is what we're here to help. That's what we're here to help with. And usually coaches start to, that, that helps a lot. It's like, oh, okay, that sounds reasonable and manageable. And maybe I don't have it all, all the tools to do that yet, but it, it feels within my range and my scope and my abilities. And then, you know, the title, and like we said before, we do it all through the actionable steps or in the foundational four practices, people, things people are already doing, they're already doing this stuff. We're just helping them do it better. Um, we're helping them cre uh, understand that there's a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual component to all the things that we do in, in, these, in, in our lifestyle, the way we eat, the way we sleep, the way we move, and the way we think. So um, I think that, that really uh, helps clear things up. Yeah. Yeah. And like you mentioned, we're not trying to solve these clinical disorders. There certainly is still a scope in which is beyond us that there's time for a referral out to a call it medical professional, but the potential for the scope of a coach is much greater than most are stepping into really scratching the surface of the potential that you can have for people. Because within these words, what it all, what, what it really means is like for the physical, it's strong and balanced. For the mental, it's clear and focused. For the emotional, it's happy and calm. And the spiritual is centered and connected. And those words, that, that sounds like fitness. That sounds like things that go on in a gym, that go on in a coaching conversation, a coaching environment. And so these are things that are very accessible for someone who works in a coach-client relationship. You don't need the medical background. And not only that, it's not being, these things are not being addressed by that population either. So there's this gap from the fitness side over to the, you know, call it the, the medical doctor, the physical therapist, the psychologist. There's a big gap in the middle that isn't being bridged by either side. This is where the, the, the coach has the, the best opportunity to step in and actually be that for the people of our, of our society today. Hell yeah. And that's yeah, something we talk about quite a bit, of course. And, you know, we are the best to, to fit in that. And that almost all of our clients, virtually all of our clients, have massive um, room for improvement in you know being more clear, more focused, more happy, more calm, more centered, more connected, like right away, like right now. And we can help them sorry, right away, right now, and help them have these enormous, enormous shifts in their life, um, well within the scope of fitness, well within the uh, coach-client relationship, and right in the you know right in the gym set. Totally, totally. So now to talk a little bit more of the the access to this we talk about the practice mentality about how we can implement these things in our day-to-day -day lives and, and make this something that sticks so we can see and actually feel the benefits of this for, you know, immediately and for the long-term. And so Brett, talk me through the practice mentality and how that relates to these, uh, these practices. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we use it, you know, we keep using this word. There's a reason because, like we said before, this isn't a, you know, get, get from here to there in six weeks and do this, you know, crash diet and blah, blah, blah. This is uh, something we're going to go out and practice every single day. And like we said, we're already doing these things every day. You do them till the day you die. Every day is a chance to just get better and better and better. But, but you have to actually practice. You have to go out, try to do better, reflect on, on how you're doing, see what you learned, see what you can do better and go and try again tomorrow. And just, you know, like we said, like practicing any other skill. And, you know, when we are practicing any other skill, it's, it's this commonality of practicing any other skill. Like, um, we're just, you know, we're refining, refining, refining the basics all the time and just getting better and better at those foundational principles. And then we're screwing up a lot. Like we talked about before, we're going to fail and fail and fail, but every failure is a chance to learn what went wrong and what I can do tomorrow. That's different. And that has fun. You know, that's fun. That can be fun or should be fun. Um, if done properly and like anybody who's ever really excelled in a sport um, 
you, well, this changes sometimes as athletes you know, get deeper into their career, but usually they've at least excelled at, at a young age because it was fun, right? Because the practice side of it, they enjoyed going out and trying to get a little better. And that's key when we can fall in love with these processes and we have fun every day doing them, we just do it. It just happens. It just be, becomes what our life is. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what we mean like by the term practice, going out and doing it every day. Yeah. And just the term practice, really, it gives you permission to get it wrong. Yes. Where if you're like, I'm going to go out and just do this thing. Well, now all of a sudden the metric of success is about getting it quote unquote right. Where the nature of practice is about the metric of success is just doing the thing. And when you go out with moving uh, the needle forward and aiming to improve, that's when you actually get better. That's when you make it something because you're not trying to avoid getting it wrong. And, and that's why practice is such a beautiful thing with all of a, the lifestyle practices that we put into play. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, well, there's, and then when we say this term practice, like it's important to note too, there's always a second part that we're talking about here. Like it, it requires two things, practice mentality, all the stuff we just mentioned, but they're actually going out and practicing. But then there's also this, idea of when we adopt this mentality that we're in this for the long run, right? It's like, I'm going to practice getting a little better every day for the rest of my life. And that's a different type of approach. That's a, that's a different level of commitment. That's a promise to ourselves. So you say a practice mentality takes practice and it takes promise. Like I'm making a promise to myself to go out and try to be my best every day. And if I have a bad day, that's okay. I'm going to try again more tomorrow. Um, Whereas normally when people commit to things like um, new diets or challenges or whatever it may be, they're okay. Okay. I'll give that a try. Okay. I can do that. All right. I can commit to that. And then if it doesn't work, they're like, Oh, I tried that. It didn't work. Right. They're not really taking full ownership. They're not making the full commitment to themselves. Um, They're not making that full promise to themselves. And with this mentality, we are, there's no deadline. doesn't have to be done by a certain point, but I'm taking full ownership of my life. I'm going to go out and, and, and do my best to better myself every day. Mm-hmm. And within that, to make something actually stick, there's three main things that we really talk about to, to do this long-term. And so in order for any of these practices to be a long-term success, it must be attainable in the short term. It must be sustainable in the long-term. It must be enjoyable in both. Mm-hmm. And so any success that comes without these three things is not actually a success at all because you may reach some, you know, objective outcome in a short term window, but that's not going to last. And if it doesn't last, is it really a success? And that's why in order for, uh, for, for making any real transformation, these three things are actually a massive key component to any practice we're developing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have to be able to get it done now. It has to be possible and attainable. Like you said, sustainable, of course, in the long run, or else what's the point? And then I just want to really emphasize that third one. It's like one kind of can glaze over like, oh yeah, enjoyable too. But yeah, like it has to be enjoyable. We have to fall in love with the process and the person that we're becoming in that process. If we're not, if it's if you're you know attaining or sustaining any level of success but not enjoying it, then again, why? What what is the point? Is that actually growth and improvement? I would say no. Exactly. If if you think of your life, is there anything really that's been there long-term that you don't get a net enjoyment from? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Because if you're not, then it's, then why would we keep that? And along this whole process of how we just figure this, uh, these things out are just a process we call the three X's of expertise. And so these are one of my favorite tools throughout this whole process. And Brad, can you just walk me through the three X's and just how we use these to really find what our practices are? Yeah. Yeah, because again, people still might be thinking like, all right, I get it. Like you have these practices, you want to go, you know, like practice every day, but how are you practicing? What are we doing? We always want to empower people in this process, right? We want them to help them become the expert of themselves and their own health and their own happiness. And that requires what we call the three X's of expertise and becoming the expert on yourself. And the first is explore. So we're constantly seeking new techniques, new tools, opening our minds to all different ideas from all different places and just being open and exploring and seeing what we can learn and find. And then the second X is, is experiment. So we start taking what we're finding and we mindfully test and retest and 
um, tinker with the variables in our lifestyle and, and see what we learn, see what we find, observe until we can consistently get the results we need. And like, like a science experiment, right? You go in with like a hypothesis, like I'm gonna try, I think this is what's gonna happen. I do the things or make the changes or the variables and then I, um, I observe. We just are supposed to observe honestly about what's really happening and not draw conclusions from there. Should we keep going? Should we change things? Should we do more, do less, et cetera. Um, so we're exploring, we're experimenting. And then that experience that we're having through this process, that is our, um, that's what's really guiding us, our own personal experience. We're constantly reflecting on our experience and we're trusting what we're feeling and the signals from our body and that intuitive connection. We're trusting that as the ultimate truth. And we're allowing that to keep guiding us of whether or not we should you know, continue or make changes or um, whatever the, the move would be from there. Totally. And that last experience part is what it's all about. You get to decide what kind of life do you want to be experiencing? And from that, it's like, are these things you're exploring and experimenting with, are they leading you to that experience? Or are they leading you away from that? And from there, you can just alter your course of action. And you do this over time, iterate, figure it out until you can consistently get the experience that you want. And talking about science, this sounds a whole lot like a science experiment. Yes. You know, this is, the, this is the scientific method, simplify it down. And yes. we're just using it in the, you know, N equals one of ourselves, which is what yes. life really is. Exactly. And that's a really, a really important point there. Like that's what you know, science is supposed to be. It's constantly uh, making changes and observing and trying to find what, what the truth is, what the best is for you. Mm -hmm. And, and so, just remind people too, sorry, before yeah. you go, um, we talked about before, we're guiding them on this exploration, right? I mean, we're, we're giving guidelines and we're leading them in the right direction, of course, where to start and what to try first and why, but ultimately we're just guiding them on their own exploration as opposed to, again, telling them exactly what to do. Totally. And I think that's actually one of the biggest pieces of this, because if you tell them what to do and what they will experience, it's now a, a statement that could be argued. You're telling them like they could contradict that. When you guide them to feel it and experience for themselves, it lands in their body as truth. There's no refuting what they feel now because they felt it. You don't need to convince them. You don't need to do anything along those lines because they know now because yes. they got to experience it themselves. And that's why this guiding process is so important and not dictating and telling them what to do the entire time. And we memorize through feeling. Like mm -hmm. you feel when you go out and try something and feel the difference, you don't forget, right? Like that's how we learn. That's the sort of wisdom education. Um, mm -hmm. That's the wisdom-based education, right? You yeah. go out and feel it in its totality. And that's how you learn. Remember. Yeah. Which leads to a, a, one of the last things that I think we can, uh, we touch on here because the wisdom, something, you know, along those lines, intuition. Mm -hmm. And we talk about, there's two ingredients for a really powerful practice. And those two things being intention and intuition. And so Brad, can you just talk me through how we use those to like help influence our decision-making of what we're experimenting, exploring with? Yeah, yeah, because like we said, they're already doing these things, right? So our goal in this, in this modern world, very few people feel like they have a lot of extra time and do a lot of extra stuff. And we don't, that's not the point. We don't want to do that anyway. But so we want to always, you know, focus on what they're already doing in these foundational four, um, really remove obstacles more than anything. Um, that's a little bit of a different topic, but uh, really remove the obstacles. And then the only thing we're really adding is helping them add intention to their daily decisions and their habits, and their patterns, and then being intuitive in the process, right? So when we talk about intention, it's just basically that everything in their daily lifestyle practices just has a clear purpose and a clear payoff. Like if I ask, well, why do you do that? Or, or why do you choose that or whatever? They can just basically say like, I do this because it makes me feel a certain way or you know, it makes me better. I, I, I do it for me for the right reasons. And and being intuitive means, you know, that having the intuition pieces that we're always aware, we're always aware of how these things are affecting us and whether it's you know, positive, negative, or, or somewhere in between, and then we can adapt. So intention means, you know, there's purpose and payoff. What's the purpose? What's the payoff? And then intuitive means I'm always aware and I'm always adapting. So I'm, I'm making the changes based on what my body's telling, my, the, the sort of response that I'm getting from the body. Um, 
that that guides me. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's the only thing we're really like, quote adding, even though there's really no extra time needed. But it is a uh, you know it's an, it is an intention, right? You have to add that intention. Totally. And just a, a really simple check-in that we teach coaches to you know teach with clients, and that can be used in all aspects. Is just before you take any action, ask yourself like, what is the purpose of doing this thing. And then with that, like, what payoff can I expect from doing this? That's the intention going into it. Now, afterwards, check in. How did that make me feel? This is the awareness piece of the intuition. And then what could I do differently next time? We're going to adapt. This simple check-in, if, even if you know, I, we never gave you a single piece of advice, information, anything, you could solve most of your own problems and reach really unprecedented levels of success just from this process alone. If you go through and add that intention, have the listen to your intuition and really tune into uh, what it's saying and how to adapt going forward. So with that, guys, I think that's a pretty good place to start wrapping up this conversation. Brian, do you have any last you know, pieces to summarize or anything to, uh, to wrap up for this one? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we just covered a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one little quick thing to remember, too, is that this is all the ideas when we get down to taking action and redeveloping these our lifestyle practices it's just simple simple philosophies simple frameworks that keep me moving forward every single day that every single day when i lay down at bed at night i know that i'm a little better than i woke up this morning and i'm just constantly moving myself forward and, um it's and, and simple doesn't mean like watered down or baby down or, or anything it's simple is really the only way that we can actually do that we can only do that by keeping it it's simple streamlined and focused Totally. And it's not even a, uh, a matter of it can be simple, but actually it must be simple. It has to be. Right? It has to be. Simple, you're not at the answer yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap this one up. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If, if you did, if you enjoyed this and you're interested to learn more and continue your education on this, uh, definitely check us out. This is stuff we go much deeper into in our holistic lifestyle specialist level one course, which is free for qualified fitness professionals. So if this is something that you want to continue expanding, continue diving deeper into, definitely get in touch with us, follow us on Instagram, check us out on our website and, uh, and we'll be happy to be in touch and, and talk a little more about it. So with that, with, uh, with that said, we can wrap up here, guys. Thank you for listening and we'll uh, talk to you next week. Yeah. Thank you. See ya.